What's up, guys? Welcome back to Football Talk. Been a hot minute since we've been gone. But yeah, we back. Just like Ronaldo at Euros causing trouble in that. That's what we're going to be covering today. We're going to be uh, talking about the Mazda. That's the Euros with the usual suspects. we got Simba, Tino and Gaz on the mic. Simba, how are you doing today? Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Um, I'm right, bro. Everything's cool. I'm alive, you know. Um been happy with the football so far, been entertaining. And yeah, just just living, you know. Um taking a day week by week. But yeah, we're all good. We're all good. Dope, 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 dope. Tino, what's going on? How y'all doing? How are you doing? I'm right, thanks. Straight vibes in the end for the boy. Guess how are you doing? Uh good, bro, good, bro. Just enjoying the Euros. It's been exciting. Ah, that's dope. Seems like Seems like people are like locked in already. Like, you see, what teams? What team are you guys supporting? Like, I'll start with you guys. What team are you supporting this year? <laughs> why is he dying? <laughs> he knows why I'm asking. Just answer the question, guys. Just answer the question. People, guys. people want to know. Oh, 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 I feel you. I know what you're going to say. The dark horses, bro. <laughs> ah, okay. No, but seriously, I'm a Belgium and Portugal own, and they've been both drawn together. So. I'm screwed. <laughs> You're gonna have your priorities divided. Ah, okay. I mean, look at it this way. Yeah, guys can't lose, but he also can't win. Exactly. Exactly. Nah, okay, yeah, that's that makes cool. sense. Now everything makes sense. Now, nah, cool. Fearless. <laughs> Don't even lie, Gaza. Before we started recording, like everyone was talking about how we, how us three knew which teams were supporting, but everyone, but no one knew which team you were really supporting. <laughs> The teams I support are so obvious. If you like, every time they play, I'm always active. They don't yeah. play. They don't yeah. play. I'm not interested. In. So okay, so obviously I, Cristiano. I just support Hazard and Ronaldo. That's and that those are gonna be my teams for life now. <laughs> I feel the angle. I I face I face Simba. Who are you supporting? Hey, bro, I'm a neutral. Not gonna lie, I'm just there to to enjoy the football. No no affiliations. Teams that I've enjoyed watching though, so those are the games I probably watch the most, like Italy, Netherlands, um, France, it, teams like that. But otherwise, I'm just I'm just a neutral, bro. just enjoying. Kaiser the is a neutral. Nah. The German Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> this brother is bringing up my nicknames from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, like just so that Marco just so that everyone knows, like Marco Royce. <laughs> exactly. Simba's a huge Marco Royce fan and he was a huge Germany fan. I don't know why he's leaving his, 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 his nationality now. Slish welcome in um, Guten Abend. Um, <laughs> he gets us there. I'll be listening, Marco. Yeah. <laughs> no, listen, listen. Um, I, I was a German fan. Also was an Italian fan. But I think now this year, is, I just, I'm just looking at like, I just want to watch football without the pressure of supporting a team, you know. So it's just one of those ones. I don't want any heartbreaks anymore and, and all that. So, yeah, if Marco is playing there, maybe. Yeah, I would probably, of course, be rooting for Germany. But, yeah, um, it's just a neutral vibe. I feel, I feel. Okay, so you're, you're neutral. That means you're Switzerland. 
who are out. Um, but yeah, it's calm. Uh, Tito, who are you? Switzerland is not out, bro. Wait, Switzerland's not out. No, they're playing yes. France. I think I think we put too much respect, or we give lads too much respect. He just doesn't know football. Let's move on. <laughs> but he was Lies. going to ask me what my team is, and it's it. So yeah, like go. you know what? It's fine, and. He's gonna Tino's gonna reinforce that point by saying I don't know football by telling but when I say that I support Spain, he's gonna keep going on that. I know for sure. But yeah, look at us. We're playing Croatia. That is a, that is a GA match and fun. He doesn't watch the games, he just looks ah. at the stats. Bro, it's he only cares bro. about passes, passes completed. That's all he cares about. Because that's all Spain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's been it's been tough since that since that World Cup. Allow us, but yeah, since we're going straight since we're going straight into the performances of our respective teams, let's talk about the group stage. Like Simba, what um, you can also like put in like, the most entertaining game that you saw. But then in general, how did you see the group stages? I mean, listen, bro. I think the group stages. I expected the way they went so far, or the way they went. I did expect or the outcomes and whatnot. I think they were very entertaining. I enjoyed um, the group of death, of course. Like everyone, I think everyone was looking forward to that group the most. And yeah, it's lived up to its expectation. Um, and yeah, I think generally, I don't think there were a lot of shocks in this tournament for some reason. Maybe you guys will correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Finland were probably one of the only shocks um, that actually they ended up qualifying, if I'm not I'm not mistaken, but generally there weren't really too many shots. I think we expected um, the results that came. Of course, maybe people can say, and I'm a victim of this. I'll say it on record that yeah, Turkey for as much as people say dark horses, yeah, they were they were horrible. So it's one of those ones. But yeah, I think my favorite game so far. I don't know, bro. For me, I, I enjoy. I've enjoyed watching Italy play um, under Mancini. Tino has been raving about them. Even is just to sidetrack a bit, his his rib game is actually on next level. I don't know if you guys have seen the suits and whatnot, but he's been looking on point. He has been looking on point. But Italy, yeah, the Dutch as well. Um, I enjoy watching the Dutch. I think everyone, I think watching the Netherlands, you know, it just brings you back to those days when they had the the Robins, the Van der Vaart, the, the great teams of all them. Yeah, it's great to see the Dutch doing well. But yeah, just those teams in general, um, I've enjoyed watching them. If I was to pick a best game, I'd probably say uh, easily Portugal versus Germany. I think that game had everything, goals, attack, attack, attack. And yeah, it was a very exciting um, game to watch. Yeah, I think that would be my pick when with um, the second one being the Netherlands. The first game, I think, I forgot who they were playing. I think it was Austria, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, that game was also quite far, which ended 3-2 with um, Netherlands winning. So yeah, those are some of my picks. Yeah, I think that was Ukraine. Ukraine, where Yamalenko scored that curler. Yes, yes, Ukraine. Sorry, my, my bad, my bad. Yeah, that, yeah that, was, that was a really good game. I think, yeah, um, it looked like Ukraine was left for dead. But then when Yamalenko put that one away, like the game was back to life and it was actually kind of crazy. And yeah, for the second game of the group, it was it was actually quite intense. Um, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, your your whole uh, the whole in, encompassing thing that you did, like covering the group. I mean, yeah, the most things came out expected. But yeah, before I actually give my opinion, Tino, what what did you think about the group stages? I mean, Simba gave a pretty 
long-winded answer that, while long-winded, it covered basically everything that I would say. It was just pretty entertaining. But the only down thing about it was like the only games that weren't entertaining for me personally were whenever Scotland or England or both of them played. It was those are like the only dull teams in the group stage. And I can't believe we're going to be subjected to more like English football, but you know, it is what it is. Nah, yeah, that's facts. Like England have been underwhelming. Despite getting the results they needed, they were really underwhelming more than Spain, which is a, f- a mad feat on its own. But yeah, um, Gaz, how about you? Like, do you share the same viewpoint as Simba and Tina about the group stages or do you have like a little different take? Um, the group stages went very well, I think. It went to it went as expected as as Simba pointed out. I think generally it just got more exciting as the permutations of the group and how the next round would turn out. So like yesterday we're watching Hungary, France and Germany and you just have that that excitement of seeing which teams are gonna play, which other teams. That was the main draw point to the group stages. No, I feel that. I feel that. Like, yeah, I think um, I agree, like, with what you're saying, guys. The fact that, like, initially it was it was all right. Like, it expected-ish results came out. There's no shock that jumped out. But then, like, you know, as things were going towards the end, like, teams started cracking. Teams started showing that, okay, they know what to take. And, yeah, that's what happened. Like, you saw how late Germany had to keep, had to go to keep Hungary out of Euros and keep themselves in. So yeah, it was really, it was really interesting, captivating too. I should say, like everyone was watching. Like I don't know if you guys were like me, but like I was literally watching both games. I had two screens watching the Hungary Germany game and the France Portugal game because yeah, the permutations in that group of death had certainly lived up to the billing. Like it was a proper proper group of death. And congratulations to Hungary for keeping their part. But yeah, like. We've been talking about the action um, that went on in during those group stages. What about goal of the tournament so far? Guys, what's what's your goal of the tournament so far? Uh, my goal of the tournament is Patrick Schick. That was just insane. I was watching that live and I couldn't believe it. I was just like watching like, wow, he just scored. It was crazy. Even the commentator, I was just going, I was just going crazy. Yeah, that was Isha. That was cool. That I think that the one. The technique, dude. Everything. Even the swerve and dip, like, dude. It was like, you see the 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 POV angle. You can just see how wide the ball was initially, and then it curls in. That was just you won't see a better goal in your life. Yeah, that was yeah, that was a class goal. I'm not gonna lie, like the anticipation, the t- yeah, like you like guessed it, the technique. Ah, no, nah, that's insane. That's that was a world class strike. That that cannot be excused. Um, Simba, what's your goal? Yeah, for me, like what guys said, it has to be shit talk, man. Shit talk really hit the ball. But I, like I was watching that game, so when I saw the highlights and I saw that goal, I'm like, wow. From, from from that distance, bro, like the swerve and the way the ball just bent in way into the um, into the goal, it was just amazing. And yeah, I think no other goal can really top that one. If we're being honest, maybe we can we can say. And now nah, I don't think there's any other goal. I'll be lying. So yeah, shit talk, shit talk. 
Yeah, no doubt. I think you can give a second. Yeah, I think I yeah, we're gonna need to do a second on this one. Okay, but now a second. Okay, now now I'd have to think. But like, yeah, if okay, since I feel like you thought about it, guys, before we go to Tino, what would be your second? Your second place, Luka Modric. That goal was insane. Okay, yeah, I read, that goal, I read that choice. He made it look so easy, and all of us know hitting the ball like that when you're in step at that speed to beat a keeper under pressure. The chances of that are just so unlikely. And he always does that. He always scores that other that type of goal. He scored it like this season in the Champions League, but to do it on the big stage for Croatia was just another level. Preach. That's pure fact. Then, wait, before I then, like, uh, supplement that, Tino, let us know what are your top two goals so far this tournament? Thank Like Gaz clearly pointed out in the group chat a few hours ago, I mean, we shouldn't be having a discussion about what the goal of the tournament is. The only thing I would add to what everyone was so clearly articulated is that, like, I think hitting that, that shot that shifted from the ground is probably... I'd say about two to three times harder than if that was going to be a volley. Because he has to hit it in stride, sort of like a cross, and get lift and swerve and act like... Every... No, it's, it's just incredible. But my second one, same thing as Gaz, it has to be Luka Modric. Um, that that was just amazing. Because like, at first I thought he just drove it like just like a driven shot. But then I watched the replay again yesterday and was like, he actually hit it like outside of his foot and with so much power usually it's just her but like here with power as well and my best team goal will be the kdb goal against denmark the one when lukaku was was dribbling about and then uh the ball ended up in kdb's park that's the best team goal for me what about Locatelli? the one two that 50 yard one two well i love that goal because that goal was made in sassuolo Locatelli and berardi <laughs> but like um it was just two people it was a great goal, but it was like a counter-attack. So, at the end of the day. And also, the reason why I say the KDB goal is because the KDB goal, not only was it a few more passes, but it was also like, it meant more. That Locatelli goal, it was, nice, it was nice, but then like, the game was pretty much done. And Italy were always in control. So, that's why I picked the KDB goal. Yeah, the build-up on that KDB goal was very good. I think... Lukaku just showed us, you know, that like holding up the ball doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you should always just have your back towards the player. Like sometimes holding up the ball can be really skillful and coming up from a player who's like physical like that. I think it was actually like a wonderful sight to see. And after finish by KDB, like that was just world class. Like he he showed he's closing, he's closing any doubters and, you know, making his fans happier with, those kinds of finishes on his weaker foot, nonetheless. But like, yeah, um, some good team goals scored in this tournament so far. If you actually didn't hear about this, if you've been living under a rock somewhat. Um, in the game, Denmark against Finland, I believe it was like the first game of that group. Um, Christian Eriksen, uh, fell on his face in the middle of the game. Um, turns out that, you know, he had cardiac arrest in the, in the middle of the game. And yeah, it was a really stressing time, like in the world of football in general. And yeah, like luckily, you know, on-pitch reactors, like Simon, Simon Kjell, also his teammate, 
uh, Kasper Schmeichel, they all pitched in to make sure that, you know, he kept his life. And yeah, it, it all ended well. Uh, Christian Eriksen right now is completely fine. Obviously, he's not going to be playing for the rest of the Euros. But yeah, we're just glad that, you know, he's all right. Um, then, all right, so guys, um, moving on, we are going into this, like, scintillating round of 16. I'm seeing a few good fixtures there. And yeah, let's go... Sh- Let's go straight into it. Like you can put a basis behind this, but like let's have your predictions. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna randomly pick one of you guys. You guys pick two games, and yeah, tell me what or what you think the end result for those two games is going to be. Um, I'll start with Tino. Tino, like, uh, which two games do you see ending in the results that you'd have picked, and why? Um, Italy is gonna play Austria. I think that's a foregone conclusion. Um, Austria have been pretty disappointing. Um, you know how streaky Arnautovic has been traditionally. So if they don't get a good performance out of them, I don't really see them advancing. Um, so I think that's that's pretty much self-explanatory. And then England, Germany, I mean, we finally get to stop hearing these English fans daydreaming about the championship that'll never happen. Hopefully, it's coming I mean, home. It's coming home. I, I was waiting that. for someone to say that. I can't stand it, man. Plus, Spec supports England, so I'd be very happy if England were knocked out. And also, the sooner England go back home, the sooner we get Jaden Sancho. So, um, hopefully, Germany will probably put three plus past England. I can't see England creating chances besides on the counter. Mm, I see that. So maybe they might need to, you know, get some tips from Ole Ball. Hey, but nah, we're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna go into that. I know Simba, Simba will go straight into a mess of trying to like um, go mad about Ole. I'll I'll let I'll let Diggy go over the, his two teams, his two games rather instead. You got an interesting question that I'll ask at the end if you guys remind me. Um, but yeah, I think um, the games that I've I've got Croatia and and Spain. I think Spain, as we've seen, they tend to keep a lot of possession, but they don't do anything with the ball. It's just keeping the ball just for the sake of it. And also, it's been one thing I've actually noticed for a long time is they actually don't have a finisher so I don't know where the goals are going to come from and Croatia they have they've been disappointing um, this tournament they've disappointed me um, particularly and I don't know I think they just haven't looked um, as good as they were in 2018 in the World Cup so however with that being said they do have a world-class midfield so I think it's a difficult game to predict but I think um, Croatia will definitely um, scrape through, maybe a 2-1. And then Netherlands, I, 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 there's not much talk about this. And I think Netherlands who, who sweep aside Czech Republic. Czech Republic are, are a good side. They've got some quality players, but I think the, the Dutch, they have too much ammo for them. So yeah, I'm going for a Dutch win and a Croatian win. That's a fair assessment. That's a very fair assessment on both games. Um, Gaz, what are you seeing like um, out, of the, out of the four remaining? Which two do you feel confident about? I don't know about confidence, but I'll try to predict Belgium, Portugal. I think that um, I think that Portugal is going to go through. I just think that they're a more complete team as compared to Belgium, where the defense looks a bit shaky. But you can never know the quality of De Bruyne, Hazard and Lukaku. And my second prediction would be Sweden, Ukraine. I honestly think Sweden is going to go through this game. It's just my gut feeling. Isaac, Forsberg, dynamic duo, going to kill them. I know that people have been calling Italy the dark horses of this tournament, but I think 
with the way Sweden have been playing, like they are proper dark horses because no one rated Alexander Isak before, you know, the tournament started. Like only, I think only like um, Sociedad, is that where he plays? Uh, Only those guys knew about Isak like that. Otherwise, everyone else just, you know, expected him to be the same thing with Forsberg. And yeah, I think Sweden is a very underrated team. I think some people um, underrate Sweden. Uh, they think Sweden is under Ukraine. And I think they're going to get the shock of their life. Uh, well, I hope they do get the shock of their life as Sweden, if Sweden goes through. But yeah, um, going into my predictions now, that, that leaves me two games. And one of them is France, Switzerland. Like, I don't even know should we go through that. Maybe the score. I think France will take that 3-0 or 4-1. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I don't see Jan Sommer holding out and Xhaka and Vimman holding out for that long against France. I think my final prediction will be 3-0. Unless Mbolo scores and then, yeah, it'll be crazy. But nah, I think it'll be a comfortable win for France nonetheless. Then Wales and Denmark. That's going to be a tight game because it really depends on whether Wales are going to step up. Dan James has been having good performances. But at the same time, Denmark, after losing Christian Eriksen, have, you know, recovered pretty amazingly. They're playing with a lot more passion. You know, like the tournament means a lot more to them now than it already did before. And yeah, that passion, along with the quality of players that they have, I they're dangerous against any of the remaining teams. So, yeah, I would say Denmark will squeeze past, but Wales will definitely not make it easy. So, yeah, it's it, it, it's going to be tough. It's, it, it's going to be really tough. But, you know, as that's one thing that I've learned, like, um, these Euros. Like, as much as, like, the group stage was, like, obvious, the round of 16 just shows, like, okay, these teams that we thought that, like, they're going to easily breeze through, are they going to easily breeze through against these other round of 16 teams? It's going to be complicated for them. Otherwise, Simba, what do you what do you think, like, you've seen so far from these Euros? Yeah, bro, um, if I even touch upon that, I think, for me, I've got a soft spot for Denmark, like you were mentioning. I hope they actually go far because of what happened this tournament. So, big up Denmark, man. Um, I hope they do well. But yeah, one thing I've learned about this year is, bro, and something I always notice in big tournaments, really, or international tournaments, to say the least, is that it tends to expose a lot of players. And I did put out a tweet um, a couple of days ago saying that, yeah, international football, it really shows, like, the levels of certain players and um, the players that actually show up and some of them that don't. I'm not going to mention players um, specifically, but you guys know already. But I feel like... um, you always tend to see like the the big the big name players um, stepping up in these international tournaments. I'll just name um Pogba. I mean Pogba. I love Paul Pogba, man. He's an absolute baller. And you're seeing him now. All these three games, man has been stepping up. KDB, he went off in the Champions League final, which was sad. But then he's come up now and he stepped up. He's done his thing. And you see, these are the players like most of these um people question like what they do at their clubs and whatnot, but on the bigger stage of them all, they are now showing their true colours and they're showing their, what they're on about. So I think it's just one of those things where you always tend to see like the big players stepping up. And also you are now seeing some of the players that the so-called um, star players, the world-class players, they haven't done anything in this tournament. And sometimes I think yeah, it just shows you the true colours, you know. So that's one thing I've learned, bro. It's just that, yeah. 
um, big players step up on, on the bigger stage and those who are often labeled the big players sometimes they they always ghost so yeah it is what it is uh, avatar type scene when they needed him the most he disappeared <laughs> Yeah, I, I know who you're referencing. I, I, I don't know where, I don't know where they wanted to put names out, but I definitely know who you're referencing. You know, like some Portuguese dude that looks like Kermit, apparently. But yeah. Ultra no um, side is coming out slowly on. Just leave it. <laughs> no slander. I told you today I, I'm on a I'm in a good mood. So no slander today. <laughs> <laughs> He's roasting your main own, bro. I told you, I'm not meant. If you guys want to mention him, cool. But uh, you guys know my thoughts and opinions on him, and I've always said it, so I'm not surprised. But yeah, uh, it's just a good thing um, that when you are right, yeah. Um, they call I'm me. I'm not man. going to. I'm. I'm not going to be <laughs> reactive and like respond to Dicky talking about club players, you know, during an international tournament. But let's move on. <laughs> Rattled. Nah, I hear you, bro. Let's move on, man. <laughs> ah, okay. Now nah, it seems like there's a cold war in the ends. Ah, <laughs> let me let me go to where it's more neutral. Guess what are the two things that you've learned so far in this tournament? What I've learned is that quality coaching is really important. You can just see with the performances of the better sides, aka Italy, Germany, um, France, and them. You can just tell, like, if you have a basic system of play, you can really do well in this tournament. And the second thing is people have been underrating home advantage in this tournament. You can look at cases such as Denmark, Hungary. They've just been re-energized by their crowd and produced spectacular performances. And you're going to see that play out in the next round. I feel that, especially with the home advantage for Denmark, they have been absolutely wonderful to watch and play. And, yeah, um, Tina, what have you learned? from uh, these euros so far? I think the first thing I've learned is that Spain is actually not as bad as everyone like makes them out to be. They're terrible at putting away their chances, but they create so many chances. Like I was talking to lads the other day and he was saying, or I was saying to him that like, the reason I could never support Spain is because they go through these passages of play where they string together like these beautiful passes or just make the right decision. They don't have to be like tiki-taka or anything. They just make like the right decisions. And then at the end, there's no end result. Like we saw that against, who did they just play the other day? They won 5 no, I think Slovakia. That game could have been 5 no in the first half. Like they had three chances that they missed in, in the span of 12 minutes. And it just begs the question. I will, yeah, Gaz and I were complaining, like, why do they persist with Murata? I don't know, Luis Enrique is, is a fraud. Um, and the second thing that I've found out is that Frank Dubois is not as useless a manager as, as Jose Mourinho would like everyone to believe. <laughs> no, it <laughs> is. Uh, they're just playing, just playing with Coleman's tactic. <laughs> Those aren't, no, I think that's a disservice. I mean, that's Copy funny, but I, I think that I, I, that's funny, but I think that's that's a really massive disservice. I'm not saying that that Du Bois is like tactically astute, far from it, but they are definitely playing very differently to Coleman's team. Coleman's team was very passive and it was, it was really not pleasant to watch. Not that you know Du Bois is a great manager or anything, but like they they've definitely been changes and they're working out. Yeah, yeah, I get I get what you're saying about Frank Du Bois. I think like everyone especially with his friendly results as well. Everyone expected him to have an absolutely horrendous tournament despite the quality that he has. But yeah, um, Genie has been absolutely amazing. 
I think Memphis has been pulling strings going forward. It's yeah, it's been absolutely say it's absolutely insane. But what what are the two things that I've learned? I've okay on the slightly edgy topic. I've learned that you know politics can absolutely influence anything with football included like i don't know if you guys um heard about you know how um ukraine had to wear a different kit because apparently the kit had a certain territory that belonged to russia something to that extent on that kit and they had to like remove it it's just you know like football um as much as we see it as entertainment you know um certain people may look at it as a platform you know to deliver a certain message and then you know it slightly goes away from football and you know into into like i said politics and then the more recent example i can give is how uh hungary recently you know banned um lgbtq content uh from the country and then in well yeah in response in response um to support the lgbtq community the stadium in munich requested you know to have um the pride colors on the stadium during the game and uefa uh, refused that request saying that you know it's too it's it's political like i i won't go into how you know how the ramifications of uh of that like how people are going to react to that i feel like that's something that may be covered in the general consensus podcast soon but yeah this uh, that's just my main take that like you know um politics will always you know like wiggle its way into anything if it tries hard enough and then the second thing that i learned is something um that like tino was saying there are a few managers that were not given a chance uh by myself included like i would say frank DeBoer wasn't given a chance by fans and players alike but now he's proving them wrong joachim low Despite him leaving and Hansi Flick replacing him, I think for a swan song tournament, he's doing pretty well. I mean, it was a struggle for Germany to qualify, but I think he's managed to link up play really well for both defense and offense. And there's one manager that I thought of, but I forgot. Now it'll come back to me. I'll probably just like randomly shout it um, later okay. on in the pod. Now nah, he's 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 exactly what people call him a disappointment. Now nah, that's yeah, Southgate has oh, been English, absolutely horrendous. Okay. Ah, English there we go, Roberto there. Martinez. <laughs> what are you saying, Diggy? I'm saying the English Ole Southgate. Exactly. That's 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 how I view him, to be honest. But yeah, Roberto Martinez. Personally, I thought that you know he had no tactical outlook to a game. I just thought that you know he would bring the best players on, and he was just lucky that he had the best players. But yeah, there is a shape to Belgium, and I can appreciate that. Even giving Doku a chance, showing you know how um, he considers every single you know, small thing into a game. I, I appreciate his, you know, his tactical influence on the Belgian team right now. But yeah, those are the two things that I've learned. And I think that brings us to the end of the pod. It's been interesting to hear your Euro takes, you guys. But before we actually go, before we actually go, who's been, I'm going to, you're going to have to name two players. Who's been the best player of Euro so far and who's been the best young player for Euro so far? We'll start with you, guys. My best young player has been Edri. I just love his play. I feel like he's the most comfortable 18-year-old, 19-year-old I've ever seen. 
on the ball at his age he just seems like like he's a veteran and the best player of the tournament I think that's a hard one I think I'd have to say Paul Pogba I think from what I've seen maybe the second game he wasn't that good but at the high level he's carrying France and he's producing assists and overall gameplay is at a high level mm, yeah I feel that I feel that Tino I feel like obviously Pedri's the best young player he's the only young player I can think that's that's had an incredible impact so far um, because without Pedro that Spain team it's not creating very many chances um, and best players obviously the guy who plays for the red half of Manchester and I can I can already anticipate that <laughs> people are going to be asking all well, they have been asking why can't you replicate this for United etc etc it's the same reason why Bruno can't replicate it for Portugal is because you know he's getting found out but that's that's you know a conversation that Dick and I would have another day about Bruno getting found out that a lot of United fans don't want to hear but yeah that, that's my perspective oh yeah there we go there, that name got mentioned the man the new avatar in that um, but yeah Simba what is, who's your best player your best young player so far oh, thank you Tina for, for saying that bro appreciate it man much love, more blessings. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> hey, we still need to do. I still need to do a listening party, man. We're, we're still waiting. Hey, but actually, Simba, we need to have a Bruno, a Bruno episode, bro. We need to bring on some <laughs> some United hardliners and undress them, bro. Because these folks, they think they know more, but it's man. I actually know someone who's a United fan as well who, who dislikes Bruno as much as me. Okay, not Bruno, but the hype around him. Yeah, bro. And for me, as I always tell people, like, uh, every time when I... I think we definitely need to have a convo about this, but not only on Bruno, but on certain players. Like, for me, I always tell people, I never have agendas on any player. That's what people have to know. For mm. me, I, listen, listen. For me, it's always what I see is what I see, the eye test. That's what's important to me. So when I end up saying that this play, I don't see the hype around this play or whatnot, that's what I just see. Whether people show me the numbers or whatnot, I don't care. So it's just one of those ones. If I see the player is good, then yeah, he's good. If I see he's not good, but the numbers are showing a different story, then that's all I need to know. Anyways, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think everyone has really said everything. For me, Paul Pogba, yeah, definitely has been the best player of the tournament so far. Dropped, um, played three out of three, and he's looked amazing in all three games. Um, young player, I think also yeah, Pedri as well. I, I haven't really watched too much of Pedri at Barcelona, but watching the couple of Spain games, he's been amazing. I think he's been Spain's um, brightest spark, and yeah, um, he's just been he's so comfortable on the ball. He makes things happen. He's good in between the lines. So yeah, I definitely think those two are, are the best shouts. If I'm going to give maybe an honorable mention, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think honorable mentions pretty it's pretty tricky at the at the moment. Maybe I'll I'll, I'll give it to Memphis as well or Genie. Um, those guys have been pretty good as well. So yeah, um, that's that's just my take. Lukaku too. Oh yeah, yeah, Lukaku as well. Thank yeah, you. Lukaku's been immense. Thank you. Yeah, Lukaku, KDB as well um yeah i think yeah most of these guys have just been good so yeah honorable mentions goes goes to them no i feel that i feel that um well the as boy from Sassuolo. <laughs> we'll look at t definitely not domenico <laughs> i feel i feel yeah he, he deserves an honorable mention legit he's been playing really well um but my young player obviously pedri 
been fun watching him play. Um, like, yeah, like uh, Simba said, I didn't watch too much of Barcelona, but well, watching him play, it's like, you know, spitting image of Busquets, the way he controls the midfield. And, you know, he's got a bit of flair about him as well. So that makes him, you know, that much more exciting to watch. But yeah, my best player of the tournament so far, it has to go to Arnaldum. I think he's been, yeah, he's been immense. Like, obviously, I'm not counting, I, I can't count performances from before, but like, he's already, including qualifying and this tournament, he's already um, Europe's highest goal-scoring midfielder. And yeah, like, I think he's continued that form in these Euros. So yeah, that level of consistency, that level of output has to be rewarded. So that's the player that I'll give right now as my player of the tournament at this point in time but yeah guys um thank you so much for listening um hopefully we find ourselves here again soon shouting at each other complaining about you know our round of 16 results and hopefully some of us eat our words but yeah um have a nice day have a nice weekend and yeah bye